Good morning, and welcome to Fight 689, a podcast for women in sports. My name is Kylie Jernigan, and I'm your host. This morning, we have the privilege of hearing from one of our own here in Lebanon. She works at the middle school, is a former coach, and has four kids that played sports. Help me welcome Erin McDermott. All right, so let's get started with um, just a, a snapshot of who you are, who is your family, and what do you guys like to do? Okay, yeah, I'm Karen. Um, I'm married to Tim. Tim and I are both college athletes ourselves. We have four children, and all four of our kids have played sports in some shape or form. Um, uh, I have also coached at the high school level. I helped coach. I was a JV coach for soccer. And um, my oldest son has also had a little bit of experience coaching as well. Um, when he got accepted into college, he went, got accepted into College of the Ozarks, and he got a spring entry spot. So that left him at home that fall semester, and he was able to get on with the high school as well and help coach the freshman football team. Well, that's really cool. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's the best memory uh, that you have so far with your family? Yes, as far as family and sports, uh, my best memory or favorite memory is just the family support. Um, the six of us support each other in whatever we're doing. Um, we always joke about how, you know, the older ones, all the little kids have to be drugged to the older siblings' games. Well, now my youngest is the athlete, and it's fun to watch those older siblings also come back, and we're all sitting in the stands watching her. I have a Facebook memory where I shared some pictures of my two high school boys sitting behind me at one of Bailey's basketball games and they're making goofy faces and goofing off. And I said, I don't know what was worse dealing with the teenagers <laughs> at the youngest siblings game or dealing with the toddlers at the older siblings games. But yes, we have always made um, sports. It's a family event. That's awesome. I love yeah. hearing that. It's just like you're, you're your own team and you're supporting your own teammates. Yes, that's cool. Um, what's your most memorable sports moment so far? When um, I was coaching, we would do on senior night for the season, we would have each senior would get to invite a mentor um, to the game. They would meet with us in the locker room before the game start. The senior would get to introduce the mentor, say who they were and what impact they had had in their life. Um, and that just brings some real heavy emotions being in those senior nights with those seniors and seeing who they chose. I mean, we had everything from parents to teachers to friends to siblings. It's just um, to, you know, church pastors, um, just seeing who those girls chose and what impact those people have had on their life and he, how they even knew those people off the field, but it impacted who they were as a person and an athlete as well. That's cool. I like that. I like that. Um, what about you personally? Tell us, take us on a journey of your athletic career. Okay. What sports did you play and what successes did you have? Yes. Um, my main sport was soccer. I did try other sports, you know, growing up. Um, I ran track. I actually um, threw in track as well. Um, but soccer was my main sport. I did basketball for a few years. But I was one of those girls that in the fourth grade, I was five foot. In the fifth grade, I was five two. And here I am at 40 whatever years old, and I'm still five two. Uh, so my basketball career did not last long because at five two, they pretty much want you to play point guard. 
and I was a soccer player. I did not have the ball skills to play point guard. So you I can stuck. dribble well with your feet, but maybe not <laughs> yeah. with your hands. Yeah. So I, st- I chose to stick with soccer. Um, probably the biggest impact was my sophomore year of high school. I had an injury and I was able to sustain it and make it through the season. Um, but then I had to sit out my junior year. And then coming my senior year, I was actually contacted by a college asking if I would be interested in coming to play for them. And at first, my answer was no. Like, I had this injury. Um, You know, doctors said, have you ever thought about giving up the game? And so I walked away my junior year. So my senior year, I kind of didn't know what to do. Um, But when the college approached me, I said, I think I can give it a shot. So I came back and I played my um, senior year of high school. Um, That was a rough year. Um, Coaches held against me that I had sat out my junior year by being able to come back my senior year that kind of downplayed my injury to them. Um, Rough year, but I did end up signing on with Ottawa University. um, And I was a part of the start up of that soccer program. So I was the first class to ever sign in as a freshman. And um, so that was a great experience now to see that program, you know, they've even played at a national level and to see where that program has gone over the years. That's really cool. That's cool. Okay. So um, wearing your sports mom hat, (laughs) talk to me about the difference between um, what's the illusion of, of being a sports mom versus the reality of being a sports mom. Right. You know, there's the, the Facebook social media sports mom with cute graphic tee and the trendy color matching outfit. Um, you know, that we all are, you know, our kid's biggest fan in the stands cheering for them. Um, but as a sports mom, you know, it's the money on the equipment, the kids' tears before or after an event, injuries, um, even some heartbreak in our family. And then um, with having four kids, schedules, trying to arrange everybody's schedules. I remember the hardest time was when my kids were actually younger um, because I had my, my girls were playing um, volleyball. My boys were doing football, but I had, I mean, I had a middle school football player and a high school football player and then the elementary volleyball players. Um, there were some nights of the week, like we were home, no evenings. Um, every evening somebody had practice or we had church or we had something. So we were constantly on the go. Um, so I think that, you know, just arranging all the crazy schedules, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And coming off of that that season, um, is there, I'm going to put you on the spot here, is there some uh-huh. advice you'll pass along um, when it's crazy I, like that? I've actually, yeah, like now my boys have both graduated. My older daughter, Kaylee, is gone the FFA route. She's not doing any sports anymore. Um, so now I have Bailey. I have one athlete left in my house. And um, I have a totally different attitude as a mom towards Bailey, you know, um, before it was, we were running crazy and it was, okay, I have this mom helping me get that kid that way. Or I have this mom getting that kid that way. And I'm here with this kid or, you know, and now it's like, it's about Bailey and, you know, and I feel like sometimes I missed things with the boys or made things a bigger issue when the boys were playing. And now I'm just like, Bailey, go play the sport you love, have fun. You know, I think my attitude towards the sporting event is changed. I'm a lot more laid back now as Bailey's sports mom than I was as Jason or Walker's sports mom. I can, <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes how that's going to play out. Yeah. For us. So just enjoy every moment. That's my best advice. Don't get caught up in the drama. 
just sit back and enjoy your kid playing the game they love. That is good advice. Um, so you've got four kids. Yes. Can you reflect over the years and maybe identify some positive things that you saw in their lives because of their time in sports? Absolutely. Um, as I said, Jason is now a junior at College of the Ozarks, um, not really doing anything with sports right now. I mean, he's doing some intramurals and that kind of stuff at the college level, but um, but he is who he is today because of sports. Um, Walker is also, he's a freshman at James River College. Um, he's actually singing and drumming. He's doing nothing with sports whatsoever. Um, but sports has both made them who they are today because of the adversity and the difficulties and the challenges they had to face as athletes and to learn how to overcome them. And, um, you know, you hear coaches say the line, it can't be about the game. It's got to be about making them better people. I've lived that with my kids and seen that being in sports and while it wasn't always a glorious time, those even dealing with those adversities has made them better people. You know, they've learned how to problem solve. They've learned how to deal with um, negative events and how to still push forward and deal with those. And so even with the adversity and difficulty in sports, it's given them, it's made them better humans and built their character. Okay, so just a little bit different than, you know, some of the positive things that have come right. out of playing sports. What about some negative things you've come out of or you've seen come out of maybe your kids or teams as they played sports? And really my, my positive and my negative answer is, you know, they're normally supposed to be opposite. They're really the same. You know, those same, you know, dealing with the adversity that turns into a positive in my kid's life is also the negative things that we had to work through, you know, during sports. Um I think one of the hardest things, um, the negativity is when you is dealing with coaches. Um, you know, I know a lot of times coaches are all about winning and this is, they're in it for the sport and they just want the W and the W at all costs. Um, sometimes they, they've got to remember they're dealing with kids. Um, you know, and I've had to watch my kids deal with broken promises. Um, you know, it's, you know, my son, my oldest son, I believe it was his junior year. Um, he had been promised his first varsity start on a Friday night. And all week they had been practicing four down linemen and he was going to be the fourth lineman and he was going to get his first varsity start. And he was on cloud nine. Um, we had grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, and we were all there ready to support him. Well, in the locker room before the game started, the coach changed the game plan and made it to three down linemen, and he didn't play one down in the game. Um, you know, so then dealing with your son, I mean, right after the game, in tears on the sideline, surrounded by family that was supposed to be there to support him on one of the biggest nights of his, you know, football career, um, ended up being family there to support him on one of the lowest. Um, and so I just think it was broken promises. Um and then the whole idea is, you know, if, okay, if I show up to every off season, if I work my hardest, if I do all of this, then I will get the reward. Well, I mean, we see often in sports, you can be in it every off season, you can gain the weight, you can do whatever, you know, increase your speed. And whether you get the reward or not, it's not up to you as a player or what you did, it's a coach's decision. Um, so I think those are some of the biggest things. It's just broken promises by coaches and then just not following through on their word when, 
if you tell a kid if they put in the work, they're going to reap the rewards, you know, let them reap something. Yeah. You know, it's hard to watch your kid think he's going to reap something and then the reward never comes. And those are those are family moments where you can really huddle up your, you know, your team, your, your family team. Mm-hmm. And, and really show them where their support system is true. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and you know, kind of give them a, a bigger picture perspective. Um, Absolutely. Not to play light of it at all, but, um, man, sports can just play such a critical role mm-hmm. in a lot of levels. Yep. And I remember there were nights where, you know, Tim and I, even his husband and wife, you know, would be in our bedroom at night after the kids had gone to bed. And, you know, we're both bawling our eyes out just trying to decide as parents, you know, okay, what do we do? What's best for our kid? How do we help them move forward through this? Yeah, I I remember growing up playing. My mom and dad offered every opportunity that I wanted to with sports. And um, I don't realize until now how big of a deal it was to have parents that mm-hmm. wanted good for me. Right. Um, and, and my sister in our sports. That's absolutely that's pretty a big deal. Um, speaking of home, mm-hmm. how do you manage it while you've got all the different sports seasons going on? Right. Um, all hands on deck. I don't know how else to explain it. You know, there was a time when I was coaching, you know, spring, spring season, I'm coaching, both boys are doing track. The girls were still finishing their volleyball season. You know, Tim was at that point working as a paramedic. So he was working 24, 48 hour shifts. And I mean, we never had a set schedule. I mean, there was no black and white on any time or day where we would be anywhere, Um, and just knowing that, you know, okay, the soccer field's where mom's at. When you're done with your sporting event, you need to make it back to this soccer field. Um, so it was just all hands on deck as far as a family, you know, the kids were then, when they'd get to the soccer field, they were finishing homework or whatever, helping each other. Um, and so it just reminded just constant communication on all levels from the entire family on knowing who needed to be where and when and how they were going to get back to where they needed to be and all the transportation. So just everybody had to pitch in and we all had to communicate and make sure there were no surprises. Cause if there was a surprise, you know, Oh mom, Hey, I got this tomorrow. Well, it's probably not happening if I know about it the night before, cause the, the calendar had already been aligned and everybody was knowing where they needed to be. So. And, and one change affects six people. Oh yeah. <laughs> the dominoes would all fall. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a lot that you've talked about already. Um, what is your favorite part of being a sports mom? Um, as I, you know, kind of talked about a little bit already is, you know, my attitude has definitely changed, you know, being Bailey sports mom versus Jason Walker sports mom. But my favorite part across the board is being my kid's biggest fan. You know, um, my kids always joke that, you know, I'll post something or share something on social media and they're rolling their eyes at me. Well, you're the mom. Yeah, I am the mom. And you better believe I'm going to brag on you or, you know, share the good things that you've done. And then, um, just the relationships that we've built along the way with other kids, you know, I mean, there's my boys had friends that would call us mom and dad and seek us out in the stands or, you know, and the relationships we built with other parents when our kids were maybe having some adversity, their kid was having the same adversity and we were able to support each other as parents through those moments. And, you know, when somebody would finally have something great happen to be able to celebrate that with everybody and enjoy those, those moments. And so, yeah, just, making sure your kid knows you're there for them and you're there to support them no matter what. And there's the relationships that sports bring. Mm-hmm. I love. So um, as I've progressed through um, with these interviews, there's been one or two nuggets of things that I've taken away 
um, and, and really kind of pondered them in my heart and um, being your kid's biggest fan and, and knowing, getting them to the point where they know that you are in their corner regardless. Right. Man, I love hearing the consistency of that so mm-hmm. far. I love it. Makes me have a, a different perspective. I Matt and I both have coached mm-hmm. um, and, and it's easy to go to that place when I'm at my kids' events. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to focus more on being mom while I'm there. Right. I like it. Right. All right. So what are some victories that you celebrate in your home? Habits or um, behaviors that you reward? Um, 100% effort. You know, you're not going to go, if you're not going to put yourself all in, you know, why? Because in a team sport, if you're not willing to get 100%, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the team. So if you're not there to give 100% and give full effort, you know, let's find something else that you can put 100% into. Um, Positive attitude. I think it's very important that in, you know, whether it's the sideline, the dugout, in the car on the way home, um, after a tough practice, hard loss, you know, you really have to have a positive attitude because there's going to be a lot of negativity thrown at you and you've got to be able to rebound with that. Um, so just, and then being a good teammate. I mean, I think that is so important. Um, you know, we always want our kid to be the one that everybody likes or, you know, but, you know, we always see the quote, you know, is your kid the one that'll sit next to the kid by themselves in the lunchroom? You know, is your kid the one that will go hug the teammate that just, you know, missed the last goal for the team or missed the, the two point point, you know, at the end on the buzzer and, you know, are, is your kid going to be the one that picks them up and supports them? Um, so being a good teammate and then just helping create the positive team culture. You know, when I look back on my athletic career, you know, it's not the wins or losses that you remember. It's your teammates and the team and, you know, the things that you did as a team and how you helped each other. And so positive team culture is important. And I would, I want my children to be a part of that on any team that they're a part of. Okay. Over the course of that last answer, you mentioned Mm -hmm. the word positive several times. How do you condition your kids to be positive people? Right. Um, I think it, um, teaching them to see the positive, focus on the positive. So even as you were talking through a negative situation with them, you would find the positive points and ask them about those. You know, um, we were at, like, talk about Bailey, you know, they're starting their offseason for softball right now. And, you know, she made the comment, well, only one senior showing up to offseason. Well, that starts out as a negative, you know, connotation to the, to the conversation. Well, we end up talking about, well, what is that senior doing while they're there? And, and then you talk about the positive that she's seeing in that senior. So she's still seeing a senior there and still seeing that positive leadership from that senior without having to focus on that there's only one of how many seniors there. Um, so even in any situation, just talking through it with your kid and finding the positives and helping them see the positives and focusing, you know, on those um, and teaching, you know, talking them through and, you know, we talked about how I'm my kid's number one supporter. You'll, they'll also tell you I'm their number one critic, you know, and I think that comes from you being able to balance that as well. You know, if my kid doesn't score the touchdown or strikes out every time they're up to bat, you know, we're going to talk about that as well and how they can better that, how they can improve. And so even though it takes something negative, but we look at how can we turn that into a positive? So not everything's positive, but to, you know, to encourage the positivity, you've got to move them towards it, whether it's, okay, you struck it every time. So what are we going to do about this? You know, okay, you're going to hit off your tee every day this week, you know, and then every day it's encouraging them 
hey, have you hit off your tee this week? You know, and then that next game, when they do hit the triple, then you get to celebrate that with them because you've been through the trenches with them. You help them see the positive and you help them move towards the positive. I really like that. That breaks it down, makes it very practical. Thank you. Um, okay, so I not to <laughs> highlight the negative, right? Um, yeah. But what about some struggles at home? And then shift that for me. How do you guys kind of tackle that? Right. Um, some of the biggest um, one is you got to support your kids. I mean, if they come home upset or listen, you know, if they're griping or complaining or whatever it is, listen. You got to support them. Let them vent. Let them get that out, um, and then help them stay positive when when you don't have the answer, you know, so like when my, you know, son came to, they promised me my varsity starting spot. They did three down linemen. I didn't play a down. I didn't have an answer for that as a parent. You know, I don't know why the coach promised you that. I don't know why the coach changed his mind. I can't change that. Um, so I think that was the hardest part is when you want to support and you want to stay positive as a parent, but then you don't have the answer yourself. Wait, there's moments where we might not have the right answer. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think one of the biggest things our entire family or house has gone through is with our son Walker. Um, he, like October, so mid season or end of the season of his junior year, he went in for a tackle and um, he came out of the huddle crawling on the ground and then hobbling off the field. Well, he ended up tearing his ACL. It happens, right? I mean, there's not many athletes, whether it's basketball or track or, I mean, ACL tears happen, you know, every sport. We're hard on our bodies, they happen. So that in itself wasn't a, a huge deal at first. Um, that surgery, he ended up, they ended up choosing to do a repair. So he had an ACL repair. And then, so that was his junior year. So then he was right at the nine months of recovery to be able to start in August for his senior season. So he was focused. Like the doctor give him something to do. He did it. He would go to rehab. They weren't pushing him hard enough. You know, I mean, he was, and we got to like June, um, they were letting him lift weights. We got to July. They were letting him run drills. They were end of July. They were letting him do um, soft contact, but no contact. Um, so he got in on some of the seven on seven, you know, games in the summer. Um, and it came up to, it was Wednesday. His nine month, you're free and clear and can play was on Friday, two days. He was doing a drill at practice, went, jumped up to catch a ball, came back down, and his knee gave out on him, and he retore his oh, ACL. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I mean, we're talking August, first, second week of August. So, like, he's already – he had even played in, like, the jamboree for the season. I mean, this is the window we were in. Like, season had begun – and two days away from being completely cleared, um, retore it. Um, at first, they thought maybe it was just the meniscus, and they said, well, he might be able to play through and um, maybe do surgery after the season. They did the MRI. The ACL was gone. Um, not only torn, but not even attached anymore. 
so then September, he went in for full ACL repair. Um, his senior year was done. And one, you know, and watching him go through it his junior year, fight all the way up to his June, you know, start of his senior season, thought he had made it. He would come back. And within a split second, it was all gone. And his senior season was gone. Um, he fell into a time of depression. Um, in the moment, at the time, he wouldn't admit it. Um, but he retreated to his room. We never saw Walker. I mean, he came out to get a plate for dinner and right back to his room. Um, Tim and I spent lots of time crying over what that meant for our son and um, who who he was going to become after it. And uh, lots of tears. And one night we even pulled Walker out into the living room. We had three of us sitting on the couch and um, we voiced our concerns to him. You know, but we're worried about you. We don't know what's going on with you. We're afraid you're depressed. And of course, he started crying too. He promised us he wasn't depressed. Um, but we knew in our hearts he was. Um, God know, knew what he was doing. Um, Walker fell into music. He had always been a percussionist. Um, so he had had plenty of history with band and whatnot. And um, Mr. Lowry had sent out an email, like he did thousands of emails to these kids every day, when he was principal, um, about a uh, songwriting competition. So Walker decided, I'm gonna give this a try. He met up with Aaron Link and they sat at Jude's coffee shop for hours um, writing the song. He sent it in and that brought forth his love for music. And um, he continued from there. Um, as I said earlier, he's now at James River College thriving. Um, he's on stage singing for James River. He's drumming for James River. Um, he even, as a freshman, had a solo in their Christmas program this last December. Um, he was saying, Little Drummer Boy. And that was just kind of a, a turning moment for us. That was his, he made it. He survived, you know, because um, he was our drummer boy. And uh, to see him push down you know, depressed for those two years and just know that God knew what he was doing all along. Man, and pulled him into a beautiful position mm -hmm. out of the dark and deep pit. Absolutely. Man, that's Absolutely. amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. All right, we've covered quite a bit um, in our discussions today. I'm going to fast forward to our last question. Um, if you could tell me, um, well, let's pretend we're going to fast forward 100 years, uh -huh. okay? How do you want to be remembered by your family? Um, and, and what does that mean to you? Right. Um, as a sports mom by my family and as a coach by the players that I had the chance to be a part of, um, I just want to know that they saw Jesus in me. Um, I had mentioned earlier that on the senior nights, they got to have a mentor come back. Um, when I walked away from coaching that next season, that senior class, one of the seniors invited me back as their 
mentor. So I got to go back at following season as the, one of the seniors, um, mentors or person of importance in their life. And, uh, of course that group meant a lot to me because they were seniors. And so, I mean, I had coached them three out of their four years, had them all on JV, watched them, you know, turn into varsity success. And, uh, so not only, I didn't just write a note to the, to this player that invited me, I ended up writing a letter to all the seniors and gave them a letter that night. And, uh, I sat down to start writing that letter. And the only thing that kept coming to me was the, uh, song by casting crowns only Jesus, because it talks about, you know, will they remember my name and will I create a legacy? And legacy was actually the theme of one of our years for soccer. And the more I kept thinking about it is, I don't care if they remember me. You know, I don't care if they remember my name. Um, The one thing that I hoped that any of them saw was they were loved, they were accepted, um, and that they saw Jesus in me and the way I acted and led them as either their mom or their coach. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I am super pumped um, to get this one rolled out. This is a a very unique and um, beautiful story that I think is really gonna touch several hearts. So I appreciate you being candid with us um, and being willing to share the McDermott's story. And we'll welcome you back at some point, I'm sure. And we'll dive a little deeper maybe on some of these points. But for now, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I'm going to pray for you real quick. Absolutely. And then we'll cut out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for a chance to learn a little bit more about Coach McDermott and her family um, and just um, see her heart behind how she leads. Um, God, I thank you. And man, I can't give you enough praise for the work that you've done in the life of our family, Lord. Um, Just bringing them from certain dark points into such a beautiful place where they are now using their gifts and talents for you. Um, Man, that's something only you can do. And I love seeing your hand upon them. Lord, I pray that you would specifically protect them, um, lead and guide them in their decisions, be with them wherever they go, light the path before them, Lord, and may they continue to impact this world for you and make it a better place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.